BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As he fights a recall campaign to oust him from office, there's some good news for Governor Gavin Newsom in a new poll that's out today. With more, here's KQED politics reporter Katie Orr. The Berkeley IGS poll finds just 36% of California voters support recalling Newsom. That number hasn't changed since the January survey. 49% say they'll vote no on the recall. Poll director Mark DiCamillo says interest in the recall is breaking along party lines. More than twice as many Republicans as Democrats or no party preference voters say they are uh, have high interest in the recall. So it's not yet generating a huge amount of interest among the broad electorate. DiCamillo says none of the leading Republicans running to replace Newsom are generating much support. However, 48 percent of Democrats say they'd like to see another Democrat on the ballot in case Newsom is recalled, something Newsom so far opposes. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. All schools within the Los Angeles Unified School District have reopened, but the vast majority of students haven't returned to classrooms. The latest numbers from the district show that only 7% of high school students, 12% of middle schoolers, and 30% of kids in elementary school are back in classrooms. Here's LA Unified Superintendent Austin Butner. While we've worked tirelessly to reopen schools, many students aren't yet back in school classrooms. And sadly, as we noted earlier, we see the greatest reluctance for children to be back in schools from families who live in some of the highest needs communities we serve. A recent report from education news website EdSource found that at the end of last month, about 55% of all public school students in the state were still doing only distance learning. With more than 90% of California experiencing extreme drought conditions, Governor Gavin Newsom is expanding a state drought emergency from just two to 41 counties. KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero explains. The new drought proclamation represents 30% of the state's population and now includes counties within the Klamath River, Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta, and Tulare Lake watershed. This is in addition to an emergency declaration last month for Sonoma and Mendocino counties. Newsom says the decision was made because of high temperatures and below average snowmelt. He said conditions were already so dry that snowmelt didn't run down rivers, but instead seeped into parched soil. The equivalent of one million households receiving water for a year. That's just in the last number of weeks. The proclamation could prevent farms from pulling water from rivers, and in the Central Valley, it would allow emergency water supplies to be trucked to communities that ran out of water in the last drought. 
The order doesn't include mandatory conservation measures, but water-saving tactics for urban dwellers could come if the drought progresses into a third year. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero. And that drought announcement from Newsom came as part of a bigger picture look at his revised budget plans. Newsom is proposing more than $5 billion in new rental relief funding to help people who have struggled during the pandemic. Our desire, our plan to double the rental assistance in the state of California with the goal of getting 100% of all the back rent paid and provide 100% support over the next few months to renters that have been directly impacted by this pandemic. The California Apartment Association, which represents landlords in the state, applauded the governor's announcement, saying many of its members haven't been paid during the pandemic and that this will finally allow them some relief. Tenant advocates also backed the plan, calling it a game changer for families who have struggled with rent payments. An additional $2 billion is being proposed to help people pay down utility and water bills. The governor will announce his revised budget this Friday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. We're going to turn to utilities and fire. In recent years, Pacific Gas and Electric Company has sparked many of California's deadliest wildfires, including a series of fires that hit the North Bay in 2017. The next year, PG&E caused the Camp Fire, which killed at least 85 people and destroyed the town of Paradise. And last year's Zog Fire in Shasta County killed three people. So, how well is PG&E preparing for this summer's fire season, which could be the hottest and most dangerous yet? My California Report co-host Lily Jamali talked about that with Mark Albert, a reporter for KRCB in Santa Rosa. Hey, Lily. Hi, Saul. In recent weeks, our California newsroom has created a map of power lines that the California Public Utilities Commission and PG&E think are at great risk of starting a fire. The highest-risk areas include the North Bay and the Sierra Foothills outside of Sacramento. This map is quite scary to look at, but if you email us at fires at kqed.org, you can see what this means in your area. Let's bring in KRCB's Mark Albert, who drove a portion of what's on the map. And Mark, what were you looking for when you went out? We were looking for violations of the law. As you know, power lines cannot have foliage within four feet of any power line. Trees also cannot be within 10 feet of a power pole, and branches on any tree uh, within 20 feet uh, have to be limbed up eight feet off the ground. Now, PG&E is going around addressing these issues, but uh, I have to tell you, it wasn't that hard to find places where the work wasn't getting done. And we should note the law applies to mostly rural areas that are under state and not federal responsibility. Mark, tell us more about what you saw when you went out. 
Well, I saw uh, oak trees encompassing, just surrounding, hugging uh, power poles. I saw redwood foliage growing right up to um, the power lines, um, branches uh, that may be within the within the area that needs to be cleared, uh, hanging above power lines, uh, and branches not trimmed up eight feet off the ground either in some places. And you and your colleagues reached out to an independent fire expert and to PG&E. What did they tell you when they saw the photos you brought back? Well, the fire expert was very, very concerned. And however, PG&E said there was no problem there. And I was contacted by uh, Cal Fire law enforcement that uh, wanted to know the locations and refused to provide a comment, said they would not tell us when they would be out there to do their inspection or any vegetation removal if they decided to do any. All they said was go out a week from now and see if there's anything different. And if there is, you might be able to assume that maybe there was a hazard. Now, that's not necessarily a journalistic truth there, but uh, I went out on Monday morning and I saw quite a bit of evidence that uh, they had been through and they had cleaned up some of those uh, issues. Wow. So you have pg and telling you initially this is no problem, but later they went out and cleared the vegetation from the line you found. That's correct. And I think what's also really striking is that you were told that this utility pole with the tree wrapped around it was actually exempt from state regulations. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Now, PG&E says that that line or that pole is exempt from the uh, rules because it is either completely sealed or liquid filled under some sort of definition, under the Public Utilities Commission rules. Now, uh, I wasn't sure what that meant. I contacted the Public Utilities Commission on Thursday and asked them what a liquid-filled power line or power pole looks like because uh, it just looked like an ordinary pole to me. Uh, They said they'd look into it and get back to me. Uh, And again, that was Thursday. I haven't heard from them. Thanks, Mark. Again, listeners can get the map that shows the most dangerous parts of PG&E territory by emailing us at fires at kqed.org. That way you can see Mark's photos, and we also want to see your photos. If you're concerned with the safety of power lines in your area, take a picture and email it along with the location where you took it to fires at kqed.org. Saul? Thanks, Lily. That was the California Report's Lily Jamali with KRCB reporter Mark Albert. California has a new attorney general, Rob Bonta. He was picked by Governor Newsom for the job and confirmed by the legislature after Javier Becerra moved on to a cabinet position in the Biden administration. Some things to know about Bonta. Before becoming attorney general, he served in the state assembly representing Oakland. And Bonta is a progressive and has championed criminal justice reforms like ending cash bail. The 48-year-old Yale grad is also the first Filipino-American to serve as the state's attorney general. The California report talked to Bonta about some of the issues he'll face in his new job and what he hopes to accomplish. Being the people's attorney and working to right historic wrongs and fight injustice and help people. And it takes a lot of forms, but the general frame that I have is helping and fighting for the little guy. And uh, that includes things like making sure that multinational corporations are not hurting families or that folks in our criminal justice system aren't being treated unfairly and are given a second chance when they deserve one. 
and in this moment, making sure that our community, that the API community that's under a full is supported and that perpetrators of hate are held accountable and victims are assisted to heal. So if those are the big ideals you stand for, what specific policy steps do you want to take in your job as California's Attorney General? It'll include efforts and initiatives and deliberate and intentional acts to address hate through the, the different levers that the California Attorney General has. It will include actions against polluters who are hurting communities that live at the intersection of, of pollution and poverty. It will include implementing EB-1506, a bill that I co-authored that provides that the Attorney General shall conduct outside thorough investigations of officer-involved shootings that result in the death of an unarmed Californian. And it will take the form of other efforts to uh, protect consumers and generally making sure that folks are following the law. So that's what I'm setting out uh, to do. That's what I've told people I'm going to do. And that's what I I expect to be uh, reviewed based on. As you just brought up, one big issue you're going to be confronting as attorney general is officer-involved shootings. Under California legislation known as AB 1506, your office has the responsibility to investigate police shootings that result in the death of civilians. So what are you going to be doing to make sure that more lives can be saved when things go very wrong between police officers and members of the public? Right now, I think we're really in in a place where in too many places, in too many ways, for too many reasons, trust between our communities and law enforcement has been lost. And you can't have trust without accountability. And it's important that we have a system of accountability when transgressions have been made and and the law has been violated. And so it's my intent to stand up an officer-involved shooting division in the Attorney General's office pursuant to AB 1506. That will be a, a model for the rest of the nation that will do it right and do it well and be thorough and impartial and um, fair and comprehensive in every investigation that we're involved with. So that California, um, the, you know, the, the person being investigated, the individuals, you know, the family members who are mourning because they've lost a loved one, all have faith and trust in that system that we stand up. Mr. Attorney General, I'd like to turn to another issue involving police and public safety, and that's been this noticeable spike in homicides in California in recent months. Uh, The city of Los Angeles, for instance, uh, reported 92 homicides in the first quarter of this year versus 63 over the same period of time last year. San Diego County is reporting a 35% increase in homicides there. And recently in Oakland, a city I know you know very well, uh, there was a recent period of time when there were six homicides in six days in the city. What do you think is going on here and what can you do about it? I think the general trend for crime in California is that it's at a historical low. And we do need to be observant of, of data in, in whatever period it's in and, and, and keep an eye on it because behind the data, of course, are, are real lives of folks who um, have been hurt or, or harmed and um, someone needs to be held accountable and um, there needs to be justice. So we're keeping an eye on what's happening all throughout California. Uh, you know, certainly my values of pursuing opportunity and equity and justice and inclusion are also consistent, very consistent with 
pursuing safety for, for Californians. They are not mutually exclusive, and we can and must do both. So as Attorney General, the fight of Californians will be my fight, and I'll take care of uh, Californians. Let's turn to the national scene in your office. Uh, your predecessor, Javier Becerra, was really well known for going toe to toe with the Trump administration. He filed or participated in more than 100 lawsuits uh, against the administration. Of course, now with Joe Biden in office, we have an administration in D.C. that sees much more eye to eye with California on all manner of issues. Do you think that'll give you an opportunity to kind of refocus the energies and the attention of your office? I think so. I think Attorney General Becerra, now Secretary uh, Becerra, fought fiercely for California, uh, our people, our values, and our natural resources in a time when uh, many of those things too often were under full frontal assault from the Trump administration. Uh, Now, with with the Biden-Harris administration, we will seek and I believe find opportunities to find common ground, collaborate, to take action consistent with our shared values. And instead of an outward-facing administration that is required to protect California against an external threat, we'll be forced, uh, focusing more inward on the threats within California where entities and people are, are hurting you know, everyday folks in California. So it's a different orientation. And it does allow me in the new role to focus on other ways and other entities that are hurting Californians uh, contrary to the law. All right. That is California's new attorney general, Rob Bonta. Attorney General, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Saul. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, May 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thank you so much for listening and talk tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. The law firm Perkins Coie, a trusted legal advisor to innovative companies and industry leaders throughout California and the world. Learn more at perkinscoie.com. And Blue Shield of California, closing the health care gap since 1939. Learn more about their commitment to quality and fair health care for every Californian at news.blueshieldca.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.